0: This is pete moore on halo talks nyc san diego 2019 ursa show coming from across the pond i have the pleasure of having rasmus ingerslev with me we've never met but we should have met a long time ago so let's become fast friends here and let people listen to our conversation Um, you've been involved in a number of companies as an entrepreneur as an investor uh as a champion of 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 health and fitness across the country and and uh in in europe as well and in nordic countries so Welcome to the show. Why don't you give our listeners a little bit of your bio? Thank you, Pete. So thank you for having me. Uh, Well, I've been in the industry for the past
1: 20 years. I have a background on the Danish national karate team. And basically coming to the U.S. inspired me to create my first health club group because the fitness industry in my country came out of bodybuilding. So it's a lot for the the young and the beautiful rather than... uh, an activity for the whole family so I made my final paper when I started to be a market economist on uh, creating a a health club group with a broader appeal Hmm. and uh, that basically became the backbone of uh, Fitness DK, my first venture which became the largest health club group in the country. Wow. well, that's kind of where I where I kick started at the time. And, and you had
0: one location, so you're, you're you're you're. Actually,
1: I started working for a, a guy from the karate club. Uh, okay. And uh, as a membership uh, counselor, I, I sold memberships. Wow. Uh, three months in, I found out the general manager had a Funny way of doing accounting. It was kind of like one for you, one for me, one for you.
0: So uh, I took over as. I like that uh, you call that a funny way of accounting. You mean he's basically stealing? Uh, yes. <laughs> okay, so we got that kind of guy. All right, so what, what, what's your remedy for that? Oh, well. <laughs> call him out on it and then the karate. Basically, I. Uh, you got a black belt uh, well, in karate, right, so. Well,
1: he left. I took over. um and um, basically then shared my thoughts about building a a chain that Mm -hmm. was more for the whole family with um, the owner and we became partners, took in a third partner and with those two, I created a Fitness DK, my first uh, venture. Uh, the, the industry was in its very infancy at the time. Mm. I think we had a market penetration around uh, 3 4%. So it was very low. And what year was uh, this? This is back in 99. So okay, actually 20 you. years exactly from exactly this exactly when year. I got
0: involved in the sector as well. Yep. Yeah, so just for our listeners here, there wasn't as many locations as there are today. And Definitely then, not, no. You were in the health club industry. You were... Pretty much in, um, it was kind of one. There weren't, there wasn't segmentation. Like it was just, a, yeah, I own no, a health club.
1: No health club <laughs> at the time was pretty much you know, one size. If it read fitness on the sign outside, you had a pretty good idea what was happening inside. Right, there was right. not a lot of differentiation, which was also what allowed me to do my second club group because eight years in, we ended up selling. Mm-hmm. And then I built another health club group, we're basically stripping out everything from the first health club group that I could see from our member service that only a few people used, like uh, the steam bath, the uh, childcare. There's a lot of things that cost a lot of money to offer, uh-huh. but wasn't really of value to the vast majority of the members. So we got were up. able to cut down the price to almost a third, and we grew that very, very fast. We got 22 clubs up and running in four years, 75,000
0: members. Well, and um, What brand was that under? Fresh fitness. Fresh fitness, gotcha. And then you did you sell did you sell those? Yeah. What happened was in uh,
1: summer of uh, 2011, I met my current wife, and uh, we had our first child in 2013. Congratulations! Thank you so much. And I spent uh, one year commuting back and forth between Stockholm and Copenhagen. we lived in Copenhagen with our first baby, and um, the company was headquartered in Copenhagen. So there was like a yeah. hundred flights, hundred nights in hotels, and that's yeah, not yeah. how you want to be a
0: parent. So um, it's a the- parent that's the way not to be a parent. Exactly. That's a parent. Yeah, uh, yeah. a good one. Yeah. And, <laughs> how, and I, how long's uh, the flight, by the way, from Stockholm? No, home? it was only you know almost
1: three hours, three and a half uh, yeah. door to door, from when I left home till I was in my office. So yeah. it, it definitely worked out. I worked three days a week in uh-huh. in the office, two days at home. So it, it but still. Uh, I wanted to, to spend more time good for with, the, with the family, and I got a call from our largest competitor. Because we'd grown so fast, we are kind of somewhat a stone in their shoe, and they were aiming to sell themselves. So I got a call asking if I was um, interested in selling, and uh, we didn't agree in, on that call, but it didn't take long before
0: we found a very good um, mutually attractive agreement. That's great. I mean, one of the interesting parts about this industry is... Um even though it is it is very competitive, I feel like there is a, a, a gentleman's agreements, if you will, and say like, look, if I'm going to sell my company, and you know, you're you're you know, one town over, or even if you're a competitor, I probably have met you at a nurses show. Probably. I know that you're a reasonable individual. Mm. You know, if this makes sense, you know, we we should not view ourselves as like arch enemies, but we should figure out what's. What's no, right?
1: You know, when, as I said, when I started in this industry, it was in its very infancy. So there's a lot of things that need to be done right to grow uh, an industry. Mm. And one of them is we founded the organization for health clubs in Denmark, the Danish Fitness and Health Organization, mm-hmm. pretty much inspired by URSA okay. and yes. also par- in, uh, partnering with URSA. So from doing that, I, I took the initiative to establish an organization and invited some of the other players one of these guys was the guy who later bought me. <laughs> gotcha. uh, obviously, I couldn't have known at the time because when we established that, I was the big guy. I was the one running the, the biggest health club group in the co- in the country. Okay. And he was a one-club operator. So he said, why do you want me on board? I said, because I think you represent something new and we need a broad organization that represents the new, the small, the big, everything. Otherwise, we can't really
0: represent the whole um, industry. We, did you Was the reason to set up an industry association... Was there anything that you were combating, either from like a policy standpoint or from like a governmental standpoint, where you Both wanted end, to yeah. have? Uh, well, the thing
1: is, we didn't have it. We voice. didn't have one voice as an as an industry. Okay. Every time uh, something happened in the industry, because we were the largest club company at the at the time, right. we would always get uh, those uh, inquiries from the press or whoever. But uh, given the fact that we were clearly commercial, then there were things we couldn't talk about and and issues we couldn't raise. So uh, one of the things we were able to do really quick was we established um, governmentally subsidized education for fitness instructors. Because obviously, if you have an industry that grows very fast, you need competent people to work in the industry. Mm. And given that we had very few um, educations targeted in our industry, that was Mm -hmm. one of the things we needed to take care of. And we could do that as an industry, which would have been very difficult to do as a standalone operator.
0: Yeah, sure, sure. That's an, that's an interesting component to it. Um, yeah, I think people take for granted that, um, like, industries that exist now, especially in, in, in the US, you know, they're, they're, there's deep levels of, of supply chain, there's deep levels of service. It's mm-hmm. like, uh, if I need a certification, like, I'll pick one of these five. Yep. If I need a headhunter, as an example, we're trying to do that more now. Not a commercial for myself, but I'm just trying to use an analogy. I'm just trying to say, you know, there are people that do this, but then when you go in and you establish a new business in a new city, you know, there's really no, supporting uh, service network in place. It's almost like, what's your frustration? Yep. And do, do you figure out and say, Hey, I'm going to solve this on my own. Or maybe there's someone who is, is wary and knows that you're, that you have that frustration and they'll set up a company yep. because they want to do your maintenance on your equipment and they want to do your outsource your shakes and they want to do, you know, outsource your towel service. So you got to put something down and then services kind of spawn out of trying to to provide that for you. Yeah, and the think, industry association is helpful too, I guess.
1: Uh, very much so. I think it's important to, to, well, you will always be competitive, right? But the thing is, at the time, the pie was very small, so right. we were competing for a little pie, so we had a mutual interest in growing that pie, and part of that equation was to get this organization up and running so we could attract more talent, because it, I, I remember when I started in the fitness industry, people were really doubtful, especially, for instance, my, my father said, oh, you sure you really want to go into that industry, that, because it wasn't really an industry, and right, when right, I talked right. to people, well, I was the CEO of the company, and that kind of what do you do are you instruct are you an instructor well,
0: yeah. do you do oh yeah that's you, right. they,
1: they don't they did at the time at least they didn't really see the fitness industry as a real industry you know I, we grow yeah, that what I, a
0: chief operating a chief executive office, uh, officer, right? officer, officer exactly <laughs> right but, but and, and you gave yourself that title yeah, so you can make them whatever you want. Exactly. <laughs>
1: well, the, the fact was I was running a company with uh, 2,200 employees wow. from from 30 when we started to 2,200. You deserve
0: to be the CEO at that point. So that, yeah, That's, yeah, that's well, cool. This, the, the funny
1: thing, though, um, which I hope people can find encouraging, is that a lot of the positions I've held yeah. are positions that has been created because we grew companies. Yeah.
0: I probably couldn't even have applied for those positions, but I grew into those positions. That's awesome. That's great. So you set up the, uh, the industry association. You decided to put, put your family life and, and balance that properly. I've got a quote in one of our decks. It says, build your business around your life, mm. not your life around your business. Mm. So it sounds like you've, you've taken that to heart. Very much so. Um, so you've, you've toggled back and forth between being in the U.S. And, uh, and seeing some of the new concepts here. And then you've gotten some homegrown concepts. So yeah. what, what, uh, what have you done what have you brought back to um you know back to Sweden you know, I see that you've got a, an interest in um in Barry's boot camp like what yeah. what made you feel like you couldn't replicate that on your own because you kind of know everything about the industry and why did you think that that name affiliation and the support that you're going to get was worth paying the fees well i think um
1: you have to understand who you are as a leader and as a person uh, and you also have to be humble um, by the fact that when people have put almost 20 years into fine-tuning a concept, that's not something you can just replicate in a year or two or three years. Right. And, and uh, Berries just celebrated 20 years. And um, when I had my first visit to Berries, I completely fell in love. It was really the right environment for me. Strong community, uh, great services, seamless experience with online booking. So everything just felt right for me mm-hmm. and I wanted to get that to Copenhagen and as you say well obviously I could have replicated I could have ripped yeah, uh,
0: Rasmus' Rasmus's boot camp, camp yeah. but you know that would the- have been a cool shirt though and a logo <laughs> uh, but
1: the fact is there's there's so much history with that brand yeah. and we yeah. could capitalize on that on, on that as well and I, I basically if you look at it from a mere commercial perspective so the percentage you pay to be a franchisee versus uh, the percentage you would pay in advertisement to um kind of uh, establish a brand in a new right. market, Sure, I, I feel it's a, it's a good investment. Commercially, yeah. it's a good investment. And uh, then the risk of doing something stupid or, or falling into big black holes because right. you just don't know what you're doing, right. I, I felt it was a much safer investment right. to use an existing brand. And, uh, you know, if it's not broken, don't fix it.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, that's a great point for people to think about here. there's We're on both sides of the table, whether we're advising, we're like, Someone's like, oh, I got to pay 6%, you know, fees, right? (laughs) And they'll say, I agree with you. And they're like, well, it's a million dollar business. I got to pay them 60 grand. I'm like, do you understand that they have a $10 million corporate overhead and you only have to pay 60 grand to access this $10 million, you know, infrastructure. And these people are all waking up every single day trying to make your business better. Exactly. Like That's a great bargain. So if well, you think yeah, about it that
1: way. When we opened in Stockholm, yeah. we had a lot of expats living in Stockholm who said, oh, finally, I love that you guys are coming to town and vice versa. We had some Swedes who had been living in cities with berries and they said, finally, I can do my favorite workout in the world in my own city. So imagine what the cost would have been to establish that on your own market. Yeah, I mean, millions of
0: dollars. A- and probably not have the same because they
1: wouldn't no. have had any affinity to so, it. So w- regardless what that percentage is, you will outspend that multiple times before you get your own brand established. That's a great point, that's a great
0: point. What kind of, um, a lot of club chains would love to do that mm-hmm. but they, they're like, look, I can't, I'm not gonna go and you know help somebody else create a brand in my territory. Mm-hmm. If I was like um, Pete's Fitness in New Jersey and I said, okay, I can go get the Orange Theory or I get the Barry's Bootcamp mm-hmm. license, Yep. I'm like, all right, do I, Am I comfortable doing what you just did? I mean, you did on a very commercial, unemotional basis. I I really loved the
1: the concept so I wanted to get it right so I I saw no reason why I would start experimenting when I got something that really worked and remember I I still operate different clubs as well so I have Repeat which is my current uh, club group so and um, those are based in Denmark but moving into Sweden we have four in Denmark open and we have one in Sweden open Uh and vice versa Uh, we have two Berries open now in Sweden and we're moving into Denmark so those they will compete but I, I I see them catering to different audiences. And I also see them living in a symbiotic relationship in the sense that I, I don't think that because you're a Barry's uh, devotee, you, you wouldn't go um, to a traditional gym or vice versa.
0: Right. Yeah, no, look, I think um, the the part that this, the market has spoken is that, look, I want variety. Mm. Yeah, I want results. Yep. And I also want... Um, I don't want to. I don't want to peak, and when I do peak, I want to like move to something else instead of moving out of the system. Like some people say, it's like the average member is really like six to seven months, mm-hmm. regardless of what your data says. I mean, they're like engaged for six or seven months, and then something happens, and they want to go try something new. Or and what you really want to do is be on their rotation, so when they change, yep. you know, every eighteen to twenty-four months, it, that you're one of the four things that, that are important yep. to them. So that's kind of how we're looking at. It. So it's kind was of like said, a guitar with more strings in yeah, in in, in, exactly. in a sense. Yeah, well, someone said the other day, um, well, too many, uh, there's too many fit boutique fitness centers in uh, in New York City. I'm like, no, they're not. Like, wow, well, how could you not think that? I'm like, there are 13,000 bars, and there are only a thousand fitness studios. I'm like, all right, so we—that's people's time. Like, two drinks in 30 minutes is the equivalent of like we just got to convince them to reallocate their time, and then you could have that same level of demand. Exactly. So it's not. Mm-hmm. Um, but but I think from a standpoint of. Um, you bringing a brand over and being, you know, pay the fees and also have other uh, operations there. I mean, that says a lot about how you think about your business and you're not and not try to like turn a current brand into something that that brand promise doesn't represent. Mm-hmm. And to basically say, hey, look, I'll reward you for what you've done, and I'll become a franchise or licensee because you know you, you, you hit it right. Yep. So why why should I let somebody else look at it? I'm gonna I'm gonna own, I'm gonna own it if I can.
1: Basically, what I promised myself is once I leave this world, I want to be able to look back and say, I helped as many people as I possibly could uh, find health and happiness through exercise. That's amazing. And and that's definitely not a one size fits all solution. Sure. So that's why if you look at everything I've done, it's about helping people find ways to exercise. Barrios is a different experience than repeat, than Fresh Fitness, than Fitness DK, and also my virtual company, Wexa. But they they have the same ambition, helping Mm -hmm.
0: people find ways to exercise. So talk about uh, talk about Wexler Media for a minute. Yep. And well, Wexler was
1: um, in my initial vision when we founded the company 11 years ago was I wanted to create a health club group that catered to that a huge number of people who didn't feel comfortable going to a health club although they wanted to get fit I read reports again and again saying well I want to get fit but I don't feel I I feel somewhat intimidated about the health club environment it it can't really fit into my busy schedule and price wise it's also difficult for me so I said well And with this new internet thing on the rise, why can't we figure out a clever way to go into people's living rooms and deliver world-class exercise? So I created an online platform basically where you would fill out a questionnaire and based on algorithms, you would then get recommendation of which of the videos we had in our inventory that would match you the best. And uh, little did I know, though, that when I left my corner office in the at my previous job and a, and a very healthy salary. Uh, the financial crisis would hit very hard, wipe me out, like 95% of my entire fortune disappeared. Yeah. And um, I had a company that didn't fly because Wexler was definitely not an immediate success. We were way too early. Yeah. And um, the internet couldn't really do the things uh, that sure. we had expected it to do. Producing video content was expensive. Technology part was, everything was just more difficult than I yeah. expected. We are Right now, where I wanted to go, that we can create, and it, sorry, we can deliver world-class content to anyone, anywhere, at any time.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and work with, but we don't uh, do any of the content. We work with companies like Les Mills, Zumba, Beachbody, oh, yeah. all those guys here. So we're the technology partner. We are the Got delivery it. mechanism for those companies. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, the, the vision remains the same.
0: We don't do the content anymore, but we do uh, do the technology. Gotcha. So any, anything you've seen at the show here that, uh, you know, where do you f- feel things are moving over the next, you know, six to 12 months? What are some of the things you're excited about? Well, I think what we continue to see is more and more screens,
1: mm-hmm. more screens and bigger screens. So I think we have to realize that that's how people perceive the world through screens. Yeah. And those screens are not only attached to equipment. Those are your phones, your tablets, your screen at home. And I think we have to think outside the box. I think the era where a fitness operator is only what happens inside the four walls of a club, they, they're, they're going to be gone. Um, it's got to be integrated. It's got to be 100% touch point. You you got to be relevant at all times to yeah. your members if you want to have a place. The fact is that usually, if you re- rewind say ten years, you would own the customer experience from the second that a member walked in the door until they left again. Right. That is definitely not the case today because they pull out their. Smartphones with a PT in the pocket, with some kind of service, a YouTube clip, a timer, or whatever, right, yeah. a gazillion services that happen in, deliveries that happens inside your club, taking away from your consumer experience. Sure. You don't own that anymore. So I think you have to think about the, the ecosystem you're trying to create for your member. If you right. want to be there Health partner, their partner in exercise. Which components do you have to have available to be relevant 360, and not only uh,
0: inside those four walls? Well, it's going to be interesting to say. Everyone that comes here says like, we own the data. We own the data. So yeah, they own part of the data. They own part of it. Everyone's always part of the data. At times, yeah. like the 22 people that say they actually own it. Yep. The question is going to be. And going back to your point, like, I'll look at the data, but I want to listen to what people say. Mm. I want to know if people are getting results. Yeah. People that get results are the marketing of the business. Mm-hmm. And you have to, like, start with that and say this is – it starts with, like, what your your personal mission is. Yeah. And then it seems like everything else almost is almost like a pinwheel outside of, like, what you're – what your personal mission is.
1: Actually, I, I changed my mission in a little bit recently from being only helping people to healthier, happier lives through exercise, but also now to include nutrition. Because I... Um,
0: right. where, did you, like, document this? Because I didn't see the update. Uh, nah, i just kidding. <laughs> no, I, I put it in... So,
1: basically, I have a business foundation for all my businesses, but okay. I also have a life foundation for myself where all I put right. in, you know, vision, mission, goals, and my values. Yeah, I got and, something
0: like that over here, so I'm going to show you
1: afterwards. And basically... Um, I'm now involved in a nutrition company, or basically an e-health company. They've created an intelligent piece of software that helps personal trainers deliver world-class meal plans, and taking basically all the manual labor out of of creating the meal plans, so they can focus on coaching people. And that is interesting because we can really see the difference in that that company. That's called Leanus. Lean. Leanus. Okay, cool. And and the. I think that's very, very interesting because talking about data, we will definitely have a lot of data points on these people. And as we grow in regards to number of people we help, the more knowledgeable we will become in regards to being able to help more and more and more precise. Obviously everything we do now is scientifically backed and uh, tailored individually to each client. But as we will
0: own more data, we, we can definitely do better and better. Awesome. Well, it was great to uh, to finally meet you in person. Likewise, um, thank you so well, much what you're doing man. internationally, domestically, and uh, helping people. We hope that our Halo mission, uh, you know, continues to move in parallel and and uh, intertwined with what you're doing. Uh, we'll add nutrition to it as well uh, for our Exciting. vision and mission. Yep. <laughs> uh, and uh, let's figure out ways to work together and, and help millions of people. Let's do it. Thanks for thank being on. Awesome. Thank you so much.